part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Branion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, Merry Christmas, Carl, and a Happy New Year. God bless us, everyone. This is good... This will be up on Christmas. Is today. It should be today. Right. So, I don't know if this is working or not. What? I don't know if my... There we go. Okay, so um, so we just got back from the Children's Museum. Is it too loud for you now? It's pretty up there. Yeah. All I of t- us are. I turned there. up. There, how's that? I turned up. Uh, we went, just got back from the Children's Museum, and I no, behaved myself. Luke didn't go. Right. We don't want to give him credit for having the fun that he did not, in fact, have. He went to work. He wasn't working today. Here's the thing. I've been before. I've seen it. But how long has it been? I don't, I don't think I'm not somebody who needs to experience the same thing multiple okay, times. They changed, they the, changed the, the, the things. Mm. The exhibits are different. We went and saw Winter Fair today. That wasn't in you there You never saw time. Winter I've Fair. I've seen Winter before. But you've never had a guy in an elf costume hand you a glowing... Orb. orb, yeah. Have you? Santa was there. Uh, oh. There was a slide that you could ride down instead of the stairs that you would probably have seen last time you were there. Those did, had been transformed magically. Did you do the slide? She I had not. to have the stroller. I had to walk down um, the ramp with the stroller. But somebody has to be a responsible adult. But everybody else did the slide. But Tabby did it <laughs> with Warren on her lap. So. Yeah, you haven't seen it all. You haven't seen... I'm just being a Krampus. You haven't seen the Wonderland and whatnot. But it's a... Uh, Have you seen Greece? I bet you weren't even there when Greece was there. there. Greece, We've been to Greece fish. like four no. times and I, you it's, haven't. It's been at least five years. Since Your I've son been. sells olive oil at Gosh, Greece. I heard. And Get out of here. Wait, where's my water? <laughs> hey, Colin, will you bring me my water bottle, please? There's a lot of people oh, in Wait, the- it's right here. Never mind. I thought I had it. So it was a good trip. I'm happy to hear that it was a good trip. Sans, sans me. Uh, um, and Joe. Joe went to work, too. He didn't go. Yeah. And yeah. Tim. Tim. Right. Everybody go. except me, I did not go to work today. I instead went to the Children's Museum. There's a lot of dinosaurs there. If you, What are you doing? <laughs> Colin is trying to plug in his own microphone. <laughs> Colin has, has things. things to say. <laughs> many things to contribute. He to has things to say. He's feeling good. Colin, do you know what you what you want to say? Because you can use my mic if you want to. If you want, if you want to say something. He's he's been drinking coffee the last couple of days. No. Since he thinks that he's just graduated all the way up to to yeah. being oh, hot. So one he's cup an adult. yesterday. He didn't even drink any this morning. <laughs> right. And he, he yeah. He had a he's... cup of coffee. Yes, because he got a Starbucks gift card as a Christmas present from somebody at school, and then he was like. We gotta go right now. Let's go get some coffee. I want to get a, a latte. Does he like coffee? Well, he likes it with a lot of creamer. Ask him. He likes the idea of here. Hand me. He likes the hand idea. Me that cord. Okay, here's your microphone. Here we gotta hang on a second, Carl. This was not originally. Might snap, crackle a bit. Nope. Plan. It's fine. No, she's got to turn down. All right. So, how do you feel about how do you feel about coffee? Uh, 
I'm not really a big fan of coffee if it's just, like, not without um, creamer or something. Because, like, just normal coffee is, like, it kind of tastes bad. I, I probably will change my mind when I grow up, but I only drink coffee if it has creamer. So what does normal black coffee taste like? Can mm -hmm. you describe it for anyone who hasn't had it? It's bitter. It is bitter. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. It's pretty... It's pretty accurate. So is adult life. So I think they go they go hand in hand. Adult life and black coffee. All right. Well, thank you, Colin, for your contribution. Mm -hmm. That's very worth it. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, yeah. husband, I got the kids' report cards in the email uh, while I was at the Children's Museum. So don't let me forget to show those to you later. Mm, okay. Do I need to lay down the law? Nope. They both did well. Take away their bed sheets until they... No! <laughs> they both went up slightly in some subjects and down slightly in others, but all still pretty much hovering around the same mark. Very good. Yep. Right? Right, Colin? Okay. So, uh, I was going to say that at the Creation Museum today, I was, I was good... I behave myself because I was tempted on more than one occasion to snap pictures of some of the displays where it said, this is a 150 million year old snail. You said creation museum. You mean at the children's museum? Children's museum, okay. right. I was thinking, of, I, I was not at the creation museum, but I was thinking about snapping some pictures of the, of those and just posting them on Facebook. But they're, the only reason to do that would be, because you're a comedian. To tweak people. Trying to be funny. Right. Who I'm would do that? Right. Why would anyone want to follow a guy who cracks on people who are too serious, who take themselves too seriously? Why would anyone want to read Facebook posts from somebody <laughs> who is, is mocking the silliness, the mockable things that mm -hmm. Christian people do? I don't know. Well. It was probably best to not say anything. Yeah, well, I did. I restrained myself because I felt like my heart wasn't in the right place. What's the matter? He unplugged that microphone, but I'd already muted it. Nobody could hear. No. He was worried that Colin was opening a snicker bar right up against the mic, but it's <laughs> there. Now it's out of sight and everything. No possibility no it's going to sneak in here and transmit sound. Okay. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the, the Christmas... The Christmas day is upon us, which means that we are not as we speak. As you hear the sound of our voice, it means that that we're actually not broadcasting this. Oh yeah, we did go pajamas. to the Children's Museum on Christmas Day. That's right. not a thing. It was days before Christmas. We should have had Colin sing a carol. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it could have been what he did. Should have all of them come in and sing a carol. But we are in our pajamas, and no, uh, no. Now you have to explain. Eating. What? Now, as in on Christmas Day, we are in our pajamas. You right. can't just bounce back and forth between talking about what we did today and also what we're doing on Christmas he Day. He was trying. He, yeah, he meant Christmas whatever. Day. I can, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Well, you can confuse people if you want. So the, uh, the recording of this podcast, we had come back from the children's museum not the creation museum but it's being broadcast on christmas and we're celebrating the birth of christ which is what really matters more than dinosaurs more than dinosaurs and the age of fossils and all of that 
That's what, that's what really matters. So I asked Warren today, well, I didn't ask. I told Warren as soon as we got into the dinosaur exhibit, I'm scared because like there's lights and it's a whole dark ambiance. Warren is not two yet. He is. He just turned two. Oh, He's wait. barely two. He'll turn two tomorrow. Wait, what is today? Today's the 22nd? It's not his birthday today. Oh, I don't know. His birthday's like tomorrow, I think. He's practically two. Anyway, I said, I'm scared, Warren. And he goes, I punch him. <laughs> he held up his wrist. He held up his clenched fist and was like, I punch him. Tiny little fist. And I was like, you're going to protect me? And he was like, yeah, I protect you. I'll punch like, him. Okay. So then I felt better around the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. but, but what really matters is not whether my nephew protects me from the dinosaurs, but it's, you know, the savior. <laughs> uh -huh. I always get annoyed when people feel like they have to, like, make a thing. You know, they have to make a speech. You actually, you actually, uh, Attacked a guy <laughs> for carrying his Bible on stage. <laughs> or I for just in the she, effort party on she, Sunday. I was talking about this. It's gotten. That's how. That's how defensive we have become in these past months. Well, I was. I was also talking about, if you recall, the fact that people who don't have anything to say still talk, and that's a big problem. It's a uh -huh. problem if you like feel like you need to make a statement, and especially if there's a group, and you know you've got the floor for whatever reason you find yourself holding the microphone and you like lose your train of thought or you never had one to begin with you didn't really have something to say but you just keep talking it's so obvious to people who know how to communicate like people maybe others in the room who aren't great communicators can be fooled but somebody who does teach regularly or they speak regularly and they have points they make someone who knows a thing or two about communication they're like Oh, that person is rambling. That's what we call it. Call it rambling when a person is just saying Christmassy things because it's like, oh, yeah, five seconds ago we remembered this is coming out on Christmas Day, so now we got to quick be spiritual. And I, I'm just not going to. I can't. After my <laughs> rant on Sunday, I can't just turn around and do that, can I? No. Uh, so we had a we, we had a conversation again uh, Carl about the the, uh, the topic was whether or not pagans are allowed to um, judge the church and the the job that we're doing as you know as Christians whatever and the answer to that question is no they are not but that makes a lot of people really squeamish and so we were continuing that conversation on. Sunday, and we got some pushback, which is <laughs> sort fine, of fine. No, no, pushback would be fine, yeah. but like, like vague, argumentative sounding rambling, though, that's right. a different thing. Like, right. if you don't have a point that you're trying to make, you're not even really sure if you're trying to agree or disagree. That was the thing. Like, it wasn't even that somebody was like loudly opposed to anything that somebody else said, it was just like gobbledygook strung together phrases that some of which were biblical there was some scripture quoted a little bit there was a little scripture there quoted was... but the phrase <laughs> the phrase you're wrong but jesus loves you 
That was one. There was, was also something. Let's Agree to Disagree was in there somewhere, weaved yeah. in there. I mean, it was just, it would be a mistake to, like, analyze any portion of it very extensively because there wasn't, it was not a point being made. There were just, it was like throwing stuff up against the wall to see what would stick. But it was like, rather than accusations being made, it was just kind of looking for affirmations. Like, okay, is this going to get people to agree? Is this going to pe- get people to nod thoughtfully? Could I maybe get an amen if I said this thing? I don't know. Nobody knows what I'm trying to say, but we'll do it anyway. And that's that was the problem. And then at the effort party, we were talking about the Bible, carrying a Bible on stage. That was a completely separate, it was a completely different situation. That was not somebody rambling. That was somebody who actually knew the point they were trying to make and they were just wrong, which again, I would prefer over not making a point at all. The The statement was that during a debate in the past, um, Ken Ham, and it's going to feel like we're picking on Ken Ham, but that's just because we're picking on Ken Ham. Right. Um, it's just because Ken Ham has a slide, several of them, dedicated specifically to William Lane Craig to and other apologists smearing his that he fellow calls brother out by name. Christians. That's all. The only um, reason we call him out by name is because he literally travels around the country calling people out Calling by other name. people out by That's name. That's all. Right. <laughs> but uh, apparently there was a debate with Hugh Ross and some other people, and Ken Ham was the only one, the only one, Carl, who carried a Bible on stage. Right. And that impressed this particular person. Very impressive. Very impressive that he carried a Bible on stage. It takes more than a carrying a Bible to impress me. I mm-hmm. You need to understand what it says, and you need to quote it with wisdom. And, and the reply to that was, well, it's not that he just carried a Bible on stage. It's that he was the only one. Right. And I'm like, see previous comment. Like, <laughs> that doesn't change right. my opinion at all. Right. I'm still not impressed by the act, the pure act of carrying a Bible on stage. So I finally said, I would intentionally not carry a physical Bible on stage. Like, especially if I knew that all the other Christians on stage were going to just be using their phones and or tablets and or notes because that's what people do now in 2023. Well, but see, I had to explain to my dear daughter, who's who's young and doesn't remember Carl, that 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 is a throwback the whole carry your bible with you is a is a throwback to an age when we were as christians often chided reprimanded scolded uh for not carrying our bibles specifically to church it's inexcusable that you don't bring god's word with you when you come to church and so you would have people who would dutifully bring their bibles to church and never crack them open throughout the week. Right. They would leave them in the car so that they had them when they arrived at church, and then they would carry them in. That's what our kids do. Yeah. And then uh, and then there were in some of the youth programs, you would get points for bringing your Bible. Again, not, that's it, just carrying it around, just, just, just having it on your person. Right. Um, and, and so it was a... It was a sort of a, a symbol of people who were, well, the presumption was that you are, you know, that you value the word of God, but that really wasn't what was actually taking place because if you valued the word of God, you wouldn't use it as a cheap prop right. to, uh, to puff up your own spiritual appearances. Right. Well, and I do, 
Like, I do actually remember that era. I was part of it. I attended Awana. I went to a Christian school where, you know, there would be weeks where you would get extra credit in certain classes if you, you know, brought certain, if you brought your Bible to certain places. Um, And so, yeah, I actually have thought about this before. And I said to this particular man, I said, I would choose purposely not to take a Bible on stage. In fact, I would never, ever use the Bible as a prop like that because I have too much respect for it. Like I would certainly quote scripture in the course of my debate in order to try to make my point because it needs to be supported by the truth. But I would not just wave it around on stage so that people would be impressed. I wouldn't do that. And when I phrased it like that, he was like, oh man, if that's what he was doing, then yeah, his heart was definitely in the wrong place. But if he was just taking it up to make a point about the supremacy of scripture, well, then I think that's pretty cool. And I was like, no, (laughs) no, we don't just carry a Bible on stage to make a point. That's the definition of a prop. And so while yes, we've all been, or maybe not all of us, but many of us were in an environment where we were encouraged to use the Bible as a prop. But also some of us have have evolved. Oh, there's a word to use in this context. Mm-hmm. We've evolved past that now because we've actually been forced to think about like, what are the pros and the cons of these programs? What are the pros and cons of chastising people, paying that close attention to who on stage is holding a Bible. It tells me if you're listening to a debate and you're paying that much attention to whose Bible is a tablet and whose Bible is physically, you know, is the King book. James or whatever on his And lap. how big is it? I'm thinking Are that- they struggling? To, is the Bible so big and heavy <laughs> that they're actually having to sacrifice some comfort? So they're experiencing some physical To get discomfort. several people to help them. I'm right. surprised they don't, like they sell pre-worn and torn jeans. I'm surprised there aren't pre-worn Bibles. Like oh, the they're leather, probably the are. Luke wasn't in, in the effort party, so he didn't hear you guys talking about painting the Bible on the side of a train <laughs> and stuff but to make it so big that like it would whip by. Right. You'd have to drive it. You'd have to run down the well, cars. Well, specifically, to get to your that verse. came about because they have a pendant now, Luke. That's a piece of uh, jewelry that has the Bible engraved, the entire in, thing, in, yeah. on a tiny, tiny, tiny little chip, yes. and, and and it's like. It's and, and completely they just symbolic because you can't actually you can't read, it. read it. You can't read it. Yeah. But people talk about it. It just makes me feel, it's amazing how good it makes me feel to have the word of God so close. And it's like, give me a break. You can't read it. <laughs> no. You're. It, it's like having, why don't you have, this? we've got the word of God written entirely in invisible ink. It's page after page of God's word. <laughs> on, I want to sell yeah. Bible vitamins where it's just, Pages that have been shredded and stuffed into capsules, and every day you take one. <laughs> it was, it's similar to that. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's it's useless. You're not actually reading it, but yeah, put put it, grind it up, put it in a capsule, engrave it on a on a vitamin, engrave the entire Bible on a vitamin. So we thought, well, hmm. why don't you, why don't why don't you Put it on a train. Why don't you go? Why don't you go the other direction? Make the biggest Bible that you could possibly have. You got the smallest one, right? So now, yeah, you need one painted up on a building. You yeah. have to climb a ladder to get to the various. Right. We thought if recording. each if each book of the Bible was a train car written mm-hmm. on the side of a train car, and then it's like turn <laughs> turn to Second Corinthians. It's like hold on. And you get on the little scooter <laughs> and motor <laughs> your way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well. What I was going to say is 
Yeah, if you're paying that much attention to what people are wearing on stage, whether they're wearing their Bibles or not, like the phylacteries that apparently they are. A what? Oh, that's what the Jewish Pharisees used. They put them in a box because the Old Testament says to wear them, find them on your hearts, wear them, wear the word. And so they right. put the, they put tiny little scrolls inside a box and wear them on their foreheads. That's called a phylactery. Because they couldn't put them in microscopic form on <laughs> yeah. a necklace. <laughs> they didn't have the engraving technology. Right. That they do gotcha. now. But like, yeah, if you're paying that close of attention to the costumes, you probably don't understand what anybody's saying. You probably have no idea what anybody is talking about on stage. Well, you've already made up your mind. There's a prejudice at work here. It's like, that really impressed me. So right away, the person carrying a Bible has a leg up right, in the debate. I think because that, that tells you something about the audience the particular audience members that Ken Ham is trying to talk to. Well, he's that's why to he talk does to people it. Who use because he knows he gets points for doing it. Right. He's yeah. talking to people who judge by outward appearances because they really don't understand the like theological arguments that are taking place. It's like right. they don't have anything else to judge off of. So it's, well, I was really impressed that he took the time to shine his shoes this morning. And it's like, well, that would that'd be great if shining your shoes had absolutely anything to do with the science and the theology yeah, of the, theology the age of the of earth. And it doesn't. It has yeah. nothing to do with it. But if, you, if you're if you bored for four hours because it's a long, flipping debate and they're using big words, you've got nothing better to do than to go, well, which one of them has a Bible? That's the Who guy I'm going to has go a with. Bible? Yeah. Yeah, it's like when people watch presidential debates and are like, I liked the guy who never attacked the other guy. It's like, it's because he never once engaged in any of the questions. Right. That's, <laughs> just, that's another valid point. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, I, I like the way this guy, I like the tone of this uh -huh. guy. And I didn't care for that guy's aggressiveness. Right. It's like, wow, that and has. Donald Trump is orange and there's his hair no is bad. Reason, no reason to even watch yeah. a debate <laughs> if that's puppies. what you're going to, yep. if that's what your criterion is. You know, who seemed the nicest? Who seemed the... My favorite one is when they say, who seemed the most presidential in yeah. the presidential debate? <laughs> he just seemed more presidential. It's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> None of them are presidential. No. They haven't been elected. Side note, have you seen Jim Brewer's new special on YouTube? Mm-mm. Okay. Anyway. You You're just going to leave it there? This yeah. would be the perfect opportunity to fill this him in. This would be an, a, a perfect opportunity to just off the top of your head say something. It would have been worse if he said yes and you're like, okay, I'm going to make reference to this thing that literally just you and I are going to understand because I haven't seen this special and Carl I'm only halfway hasn't. through it, but it's it's very, he goes into debates and politics and all that, as he would because it's Jim Brewer. But it's good. I recommend the first half of it because that's all I've seen. Okay, was there a particular punchline that made you remember that? No, he doesn't deal. He just in, likes Jim. Brewer. He doesn't deal in, in traditional punchlines as much as he does just crazy voices. And he he likes Jim Brewer because Jim Brewer carried a Bible on stage. Nope. I no he literally doesn't. like people better when they don't, and I said that shocked the socks off of one of my brothers in Christ, but I stand by it. I would lose respect for Jim Brewer if he, A, became a Christian and also decided to start using his Christianity as a prop on stage. No good. No bueno. I don't care what somebody in the 80s told you. Mm -hmm. You were at Awana. But by the same token, we have, we have uh, talked before about Christian artists who, in, in a secular realm, who make absolutely no references to their faith mm -hmm. oh we have mm -hmm. like who 
No, I guess I guess where the where the debate went was you. I said, well, this person is Christian, and they don't even talk about their faith. And you said, well, then they're not a Christian. <laughs> so you basically deny their Christianity, whereas I say that they. Uh, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that I chastised you this week. I told Tabby about this, too. I was like, well, I had to lay into our father a little bit because he's just uh, asking to be abused all the time. I had to set him straight. He's got his high hopes up. To, I, I thought remember. that's what you were going to bring up. Oh, you were ta- uh, you're ta- about my, my new... Your new BFF. You, you think you think he's my man crush? Your best friend forever. All I'm do all I'm doing is taking the memes and come on, give me a break. There's there's nothing problematic you in don't, the stuff that you he don't said. have to bend the knee to her cynicism. You keep your soft heart and you go out there. Well, I'm not a particularly soft hearted person, but she's she's criticizing me because she thinks I'm going. She thinks I'm too easily persuaded. She thinks that I have no discernment for somebody who says. A few things that I agree with, and she thinks it's like, "Whoa, now he's one of us." And I didn't say that. You All said, I said was, "I'm cautiously optimistic." I he's said, "I'm one cautiously optimistic." What's wrong with that? The reason right. I put the word "cautiously" in there is because I knew I was talking to well, you. Well, specifically, the thing that he said, it's not. And this is what I told you: I'm not looking for unproblematic. I am not looking for just somebody who identifies as a Christian who happens to not support abortion because that's <laughs> that's a low right. bar. My bar is higher than that. I think you know that. I'm like, I want to hear what he says that's actually thought-provoking and orthodox. You know, like something that's actually right. truly putting his neck out there. And what I said was, by the title of his book, it sounds like he's just kind of... Calling out to call. He's ragging on the church, which... Right. And I said, unless he's saying, hey, church, you've been too soft on the pagans lately, which I doubt, then it's not very hard. Like, he's like 15, 20 years behind where he needs to be because there's so many... And Tabby said this, too, when I told her the brief story. When I, when I told her that you were when losing was, your mind and sliding talking about how you were, like, in love with this guy. When I told her that you had... <laughs> completely I was like we need to do an lost all objectivity and yeah. have right when I he started talking it. setting up another chair at Christmas yeah right. I was gonna he's he's Sets one of the plate. family yeah oh, I told her over coffee about I told her the story because I had mentioned Tabby in our conversation if you recall mm-hmm. I brought up the fact that you she actually did a, you did draw a parallel between me right. and her stalker <laughs> I was basically confessing to Tabby hey I was I threw a rock at both you and our dad earlier today when I was trying to get him to calm down. So I was I confessing. I'm not a fanboy. <laughs> trying no, to get him to calm it's, down. It's not even that. It's he not sold that his t- house. He's going to move to Texas to be a part of this guy's church. It's not that you're sycophantic. It's that you get you feel bad for being cynical. What you call cynical, and I don't mm. even think you are. I think that you've just ad- adopted that word. All cynical preempt. people always refer to themselves. They, they always say, I'm not a cynical, I'm a realist. Right. That's, and that's what all cynical people say. You don't do that. You say, I'm cynical all the time. It's just so, I'm just such a hard-nosed guy. I'm just really impossible to please. And it's like, none of that is actually true. That's what you are falsely accused of occasionally. But that's the kind of thing that you have now started to say to preempt those criticisms. It's what actually happens. And this is, this is true. <laughs> what happens in real life with you and with Tabby both is you will spend a couple of days being really, really solid on an issue, like really punching people pretty hard, like, you know, being really, really laying down laying down the law on this is what's true, and I'm tired of people 
you know, making a mess of things because they're just not, they don't see this issue right. They're not being true. And then after that, like three or four days, you feel terrible. And so then you're like, <laughs> oh, I am a horrible, look at Luke, he's nodding. Mm-hmm. Look, isn't it true? John is the king of the follow-up article. <laughs> Let me just rephrase what I said before. Well, isn't there something to be said for for getting getting the perspective of multiple go. believers? That's what Tabby would say when she feels bad because she's been disciplining her kids and they've been really awful and she's had to do a reign of terror and she's just been laying into the like not taking any crap from anybody for like a day or two. And after that third day, she hits a wall and she's like, "I have got to change my perspective on something. Do you Something's know how many memes? Go. Do you know how many memes I've responded to where the where the, the essence of the meme is? Don't let anyone tell you that you're wrong. Don't <laughs> right. let anybody put you down. And I've just mocked and ridiculed and built. Right. And so I know, and that's it is good for you to mock and ridicule them, but you can't make up for other people refusing to to admit they're wrong by admitting you're wrong when you're not. I've never admitted that I'm wrong. I've never right. said I'm wrong about this. No, but you can, you're like, oh no, am I? And so you start asking the question. You start I, I've doubting. never apologized for hurting people's feelings I'm if I've to, said the truth. I'm going to have to pull up. You were like, how am I any different from insert name of person that we had just been discussing who talks too much and rambles without making a point? And you were like, how do I know I'm no better? Did I say I'm that? Just like, yes, it's right here in this thread. You're like, I've got to stop drinking. <laughs> it makes me no better than him. And and I, that was when I was like, oh, I'm talking to Tabby right now because we have these. She completely loses all of her gusto, like all the all the force she had behind it because all of a sudden she panics and she's like, oh no, I'm just like the people that I've been criticizing. Oh no, I'm. I'm well, going to I do think it. I think that it's good to be. Aware of the possibility of hypocrisy, I don't. Uh, I'm right. not going to apologize for that either. You will in a couple days. No, I, I will not. I, I will not as, apologize. As we're reading through Psalms in the Bible reading challenge, I'm noticing that David seemed to be very weary and worried about how he was behaving and constantly turning that same eye on himself. And I feel like that is why he was God's favorite. I'm pretty sure David had clinical depression. Pretty sure. I feel like he was very, he wanted to always be doing the right thing. Yeah. So. And I think that that's a, a good thing. All, all I, I was saying yeah, was. I don't think David was, I mean, you read the story of David and there were, there were not very many times where he backed down from what he said. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, who danced in his underwear mm-hmm. and the, People are like, you're not very presidential <laughs> for doing that. And, and he shut that down immediately. Right. But then after that, did he rush off and write one of the Psalms where he was like, oh, woe is me. I'm the worst. <laughs> like, is that, is that the follow-up? Because I don't know what the oh, exact okay. timeline right. is. I'll get it later. There, there are a lot of people who would read something you've written or they would listen to something Tabby said on one of our podcasts and they'd mm-hmm. go, oh, wow, that person is a super confident like a person who never admits they're wrong, for example, but they're wrong about that. I do admit when I'm wrong. And and you also struggle with the potential of being wrong even when you're not. I am cautiously optimistic that this guy <laughs> is one of us, but I may be wrong about that. Well, and you said, I don't think, I've never seen anything that makes him sound like a progressive. And what right. I said was, 
I don't think he is a progressive, but right. I'm not just looking for people who identify as Christians who are not progressive. I'm looking for people who are actively orthodox. Right. And that was what I said to Tabby. And this is the area where she actually agreed. She was like, you know, dad doesn't spend a whole lot of time scrolling on his phone. He's He doesn't know that there's like an entire industry of Christian professing people, like being a, a Christian. Be careful about saying what dad doesn't know. That is a, that is actually a pretty big business. Like you can actually get a decent amount of followers on your by bashing media. Christians. No, by being a Christian and also a Trump supporting Christian. This is the thing. You can identify as a conservative. How do you think I don't know that? And do you, you think can... I was born? <laughs> Earlier this well, week? But Tabby was the one who brought up Candace Owens. And right. she brought up, um, I brought up Allie Beth Stuckey for another one. Right. I'm like, these are people who are consistently saying things that I think are probably are worth sharing. You know, these are people who um, are not progressive. They're not. No, woke. they're not. But they're not, they're not blatant theologians. Right. And you, right. and you should not just assume that they are one of your friends I would I would actually prefer to see them as potential students. Like they could be people that ha- like I told you they could learn from me. They could be good they soil. Can, they've got billions of followers and social media cred, right. and they could humbly sit at my feet. Right. Well, okay. And learn. So ne- both of them, neither one of them has as many kids as I do. Neither one of them has been married as long as I have. Neither one of them has been in the church as long as I have because they're both younger than I am. And so in all of those areas, it would be a complete mistake to go, wow, they've got millions of followers. I'm going to do the humble thing, quote unquote, and defer to and them. defer to them. Because yeah. Well, I don't not, do that. They're not necessarily, they haven't demonstrated their spiritual wisdom yet. They have, they have occasionally been right, but in both right. their cases, they're often passing on something they heard from somewhere else. And that's what Tabby was saying. She was like, you know, there's a lot of people out there who have gotten praise for saying something sort of vaguely spiritual or Christian. Right. And so now they've become mouthpieces. Right. They're kind of like one of the one of the strings in the telephone game. No, I agree with that. But you can't just that. judge from that. Like the, the guy that you were talking about is married. He's got very young kids. They've adopted a few times. It's like this is these are things that he was told by somebody were good fruit you know he, and was, so, he was told to carry his bible to church and he so was, he's doing it right which we, we don't do that now like right. now we don't tell people to carry their bible to church we tell them to feed the widow and the orphan right and so he's doing that and that he should be commended for that and i believe he will be commended oh for that no 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 by let's, christ in I, I don't understand the criticism what criticism of the guy that he was talking about or of dad yeah because i'm hearing is, you say to be careful not to Right. latch on too quickly in a scientist try but what's the right. actual criticism there, against this there person there is no criticism she's for not the criticizing guy. him she's I'm saying just, you should not make him your pastor you can't make him a guy that you okay. glean from you she's have to just cautious like and not optimistic right no. i'm cautiously optimistic she's just that's, cautious. that's basically what i'm here if you would say if you would say i'm cautiously optimistic that he is a um that he is teachable. That was what I said. I said, I think this guy has is good soil. I think there's a lot of potential here. I think that he's the kind of guy who's ready to do what's right if you can convince him that it's right. Those are all compliments as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's my, right. that's well, my attempt we, to be But we, be don't, we don't really know. I haven't followed him long enough to know what he know, how he interacts, how he interacts with atheists, you know, how he interacts with people who are 
because most of what I've seen has been directed at, you know, at Christians and it's, which it, is a red flag, by it's the a way. Red, I know it's a red flag because it's stuff to where it's like it's critical it's of Christians, and right. and like and I agree with you that it's it's very vogue for Christians to okay. throw rocks at each other. I think the only way that I'm no, going to be able to explain we've this. We've been doing this entire podcast, it's like Ken Ham, and now this guy. It's like we're throwing rocks at Christians. Right, I am but doing the, my but best to give them credit that. where it's due. I'm telling you that I think that these people are doing what they know to do. I just don't think that they've been discipled. I don't think they know what to do beyond go on TikTok and say, I love Jesus. That's it. Or adopt, you know, or get married and stay married, which are or, good things. Or I know, but you, just, you listed as many kids as I have or married as long as I have as your theological qualifications over Allie Beth Stuckey and... No, so, so those, I'm confused. those are my qualifications. That's why I'm not going to look up to them spiritually unless and until they, they actually... have as many kids as you and are married as long as you. No, they demonstrate wisdom beyond, like, the the political... A, it's mostly political. I know, I know what you're saying. There's a general, there's a general conservatism that... that overrides, or not, not overrides, but it, but it overshadows the faith of a lot of Christians in the public arena. And conservatism is a religion for a lot of people. And the and the, the Christianity that's attached to it is not robust. So they're, well, they're they, not they just carry their Bibles they're Christians, to church. But the wave that they're on is conservatism. They're, they're not mature Christians. Right. Gotcha. They're followers, but they happen yeah. to have a lot of followers. And that's a bad thing. We actually, Tabby and I, have been discussing this couple that's on TikTok with millions of followers. They have a hugely popular podcast. Their names are Matt and Abby. They're younger than us. They have fewer kids than us, but they are high school sweethearts. They saved themselves for marriage. All of these things that, again, they deserve to be commended for right. as much as that's they're not a problem for right. as much as they're worth. However, the stuff that they say on their podcast is clearly influenced by the world. Like this, it is clear that they live in a tech driven, social media dominant world. She's constantly going on and crying about things that people have said to her or about her in the comment section because she's being misunderstood and she's being harshly judged. And so then she says stuff like, mom guilt is so real and what we really need is husbands who can really understand us. And it's important to have date nights and all of these things that it's not that they're bad, but they're also not Christian. That That's not coming from Christianity. That's coming from the self-help Oprah-esque culture. There's nothing that they've ever said that anybody would disagree with, even if they weren't a Christian. And after a while, when you're that popular, and the only thing you've said is we are Christian, but you wouldn't know it otherwise because they're not offending Except anyone just with their religion, yeah. it's, it becomes yeah. a red flag. And what Tabby has said before, and I've agreed with her, is there will come a day, there will come a point where there's a testing where actually their Christianity and the culture does clash, where they actually have to make a decision. And it's going to be very, very, very hard for them because they built their reputation as the this young couple who are... Um, likeable. Likeable. Nice. Willing to admit they're wrong. And right. they, they have all of their conflicts and all of their... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? All the things that they're struggling with are out there in the public, in the open. And so their church is Facebook and TikTok and Instagram. Mm -hmm. They like I'm sure they probably go to a church on Sunday too, but the majority of their influencing is it's like this co-influencing between them and their millions of followers. And it's not healthy. And I 
I would be interested to talk to whoever they consider their mentors. Like I would be interested to, to hear from any counselor or pastor or whoever is over them. That would be a good question. That would actually be a great yeah. question to ask a Christian influencer on TikTok or Instagram or wherever. It's like, right. who is it that keeps you on, theologically right, grounded? <laughs> right. Um, because right now it's like, it's the internet. And so that's why when I hear this guy that you, you shared, I'm like, oh, he just gives me TikTok influencer Christian vibes. Mm-hmm. He, he sounds like the kind of guy who has been figuring out his faith publicly with a bunch of people who are not even Christian. Um, yeah, you may be right. And it's you may dangerous. Be right. there's, there's a, the, the, the culture is very much, Christianity is inoffensive. And, and the, the thing that you must do if you're going to get, if, if the world is going to approve of your Christianity, you cannot offend the world in any way. And and so if you're that's if if the world is mad at you, I was going to ask if there's a direct correlation between Christ focus and, and if the LGBTQ maturity if, and follower numbers. If the LGBTQ, if the LGBTQ, whatever they are, <laughs> if homosexual people like you and they know that you're a Christian, then yes, that's a problem. Okay, and here's another example. Matt and Abby had if, a person on their podcast recently, a couple, another famous TikTok quote Christian couple. They recently came on to talk about their IVF journey. And it was all about how whatever makes you feel good, whatever, like we're not here to judge. They say stuff like that all the time. And again, depending on the context, saying I'm not here to judge you is right. not necessarily wrong, but it's also not Christian. And so you can tell that the predominant force in their life is culture and not somebody actually helping them think biblically about things because yes IVF and and all of the baby making like the baby making industry the baby buying industry is not christian and right. i don't i don't fault people for not knowing that i think that there are tons and tons and tons of pastors you don't hear a lot about it from who the, don't talk right, like they no. do not talk about it from the pulpit and so you've got these young kids well, that's because we're not here to judge people right we're, we're just here to love on them you've and got so these young kids the with culture a huge says they audience just love people no matter what they do it doesn't matter if they're gay it doesn't matter how they conceive their children it doesn't matter it doesn't matter anything about how they live their lives or what their what their professed faith impacts Right. That none of that matters but in the how, culture. All that matters is that we quote-unquote love How are we them. going to teach them otherwise now? Because now it's not just two people. It's four people all on a stage with microphones in front of them. They have this church of their own now. Right. They've become the in, the, the pastors of, ch- of a church of their own. They're, they have huge influence. Which, which, has, which is a, a, a statement. Having a big platform is authentication in this culture as right, well right. so a person like me would come along and say wait a second i'm not sure this is true it's like well who are you i've never even heard of you and and it's right. like look at the millions of people are all those people wrong and it's like well yeah they probably are but it doesn't matter because <laughs> well, yeah, because i don't have a big enough platform that anybody would take what i say seriously because the assumption in culture uh in non-christian culture that's what we're talking about is that people who are famous are famous because they have something worthwhile to say or do. And they're fools. I right. mean, the people in culture are fools. And so they're like, well, look at all the people that follow this person. They must be a person that's worthy of following. Mm-hmm. And it's like history has never borne that out <laughs> as true. The people who have massive numbers of, of followers, the people who are celebrities, yeah. um, 
it's, it's rare that you find a celebrity who's, who's not a fool. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's very rare. And I think that's, that lends itself to why we as a church tend to latch on to them whenever they, whenever Chris Pratt mentions God, mentions God at oh, all. Oh, Hulk, like, Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan just is a came Christian. out as a and Christian. Yeah, I saw that. Good for him. Yeah. We'll see. Right. So Here we go. The, yes, the point that I'm making is that these are fledgling Christians. They are not mature Christians. And I can see that in the way they talk the things they write, it's like, oh, I'm not saying you're not a, a, one of my sisters or brothers. That's not. It's not a criticism of you for being a baby. I am it's cautiously a optimistic. of whoever is allowing you to wander out in traffic when you do not know what you're doing right. yet. Right. There is a, the, the marker for me has become, are, how, who's mad at you? Who's mad at you? And you can tell a lot about what a person believes by who they're, who their enemies are. And I got this from that Catholic guy um, a couple of years ago when I did, what, what was his name? Uh, for the, does the Vortex. Hmm? Uh, I can't remember his name. doesn't matter. It's a Catholic podcaster. He's kind of a big deal in the Catholic church. He was on my little podcast. Anyway, he said that his uncle or something used to tell him, when you die and you get to the pearly gate, St. Peter is going to ask you for your list of enemies and you better have the right people on that list. And I had never heard that before, but I thought, man, that is that is profound. Um, it's interesting. It's probably it's not biblical, but it's interesting. <laughs> well, but but it's it is. You, there the is a think. there's a we are we're reluctant to call anybody our enemies right. in in the church. We're we're like everybody outside the church. The the vilest pagan god hater is a person who's on a journey just mm-hmm. like we are, mm-hmm. and he's just in a different place on his journey. And so the assumption is that eventually this person is going to get to. We we're universalists. Yeah, you right. know, evangelicals are universalists. The command to everybody's love your going to get there makes the assumption that there are some. Right. There are there are enemies right, but people, of God. They genuinely think that God told them to love their enemies because that will convert them. That's why you do it. You love the enemies because that's how you make them into a brother. And that's that's wrong. But again, pastors aren't really talking about this. They're just like saying love your enemies and then they send their kids off Pray for with those a who microphone to right. go and talk to people in the world about loving their enemies and they don't know what they're talking about. So I was I was saying you can tell a lot about a person based on when they say certain things. And you were like, nothing he said is untrue. And I'm like, yeah, but it is untimely. Like the the stuff, if he's not talking about upsetting yeah, feminists yeah. right now, it's not the right time. Right. Uh, the other day somebody well, the guys, said. You know, our conversation for the last couple of weeks has been the whole, we can't allow pagans to judge us. And right. it's, like, it's like, this is, nobody is talking about this. Nobody Clearly. is talking about, well, the pagan, you know, the guests, the, 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 the visitors, the people who are coming into our church, what's their opinion of us? It's like, I don't care what their opinion is. They're, they're lost. They're fools. They're idiots. Right. They're, they're uh, somebody the other day said, oh, it's, it gets said all the time, but they were like, nobody ever talks about how hard it is to be a single mom. And I was like, that is not true. Bunk. That is ridiculous. <laughs> if you are... Calling out the church right now because they aren't taking care of single moms. You are not timely. Like, you're not. It may be true that you know of somebody who was not cared for well when they were in a time of need. I don't care. Like, I can tell from the things that you think need to be said on your podcast that you are not going in the same direction as I am right now because it's not the right, it's not the right day for this. Right. So, 
Anyway, that's right. it. Merry Christmas. What do you have to say, Luke? Merry Christmas. Yeah. Hey, will yeah. you buy me a sandwich with lots of pickles on it? Yeah. <gasps> really? Hooray! A pickle sandwich. Oh, thanks, honey. <laughs>for visiting the comedian's house if you want to spend more time with our family you can follow john branion on youtube and facebook also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions we'll see you next time